Welcome to the Human Design Collective Podcast, where we explore this system as a unique map of our potential, from the mundane to the mystical. We had the great pleasure of sitting with Alakanon Diaz, a deep and dedicated human design teacher who's been working with the knowledge for nearly 30 years. The sharing was so rich, we are presenting it in two parts. In the first, we hear about his life before discovering human design, his experience with astrology and Osho, how he came to meet Ra Uruhu, the founder of the system, and the early years of his experimentation with it. We also get to hear about his first reading, his close relationship with Ra, and how he was impacted by it. Alok is a triple split, one three emotional manifester, who is a compelling storyteller and a masterful practitioner and transmitter of the knowledge through his unique frequency. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we did. Thanks for doing this with us. We have uh, enjoyed learning from you so much. So we're, we're just happy to get, hey, to um, you know, I appreciate it. You know, it is, uh, it's like you said, you know, it's, it's a fractal. It's only natural. So it is, uh, it is the spirit of correct sharing, you know, it's like, um, there are things that have a price and there are things that don't have a price. And fortunately for me in human, you know, they, they rarely come together so deeply in one and the same life, like, um, like it did in mine, you know, that what has a price in my life is the same thing that doesn't have a price, you know? So the, the truth of human design, at least as it is in my own experience, you know, the information is something else, you know, it's like, uh, how much of my time do I need to sacrifice to share with you the information in a way that you can make something out of it? It was my line of the day on Facebook that the truth is never to be found in the information. You know, this is the, the sun is in the second gate, the gate of higher knowing, in the fifth line, you know, universal. And um, the not-self has always identified truth with information. Yeah. So no, please to share this this with you. It has always it has also been a pleasure for me, you know. To um, I told you already when we did the ABC training, I somehow felt challenged to share with you other perspectives, and of course those perspectives, the way it was there, it was just also the expression of all the work, all the processing that is behind, and uh, mm-hmm. it was very very nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we, we certainly felt that way. We certainly felt very, very lucky in a way, or just that it was a very special, special kind of coming together for us. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about kind of what kind of state you were in or how you were feeling, where you were in your life when you came across, when you stumbled into human design and, and what those first couple years were like after encountering it. Wow. Ah, you know, I'm a jack of all trades with an open G center. So I made human design when I was um, close to being, becoming 33, half a year away from 33. And I had done a lot of things, but basically, you know, uh, all I did was survive. You know, I, uh, I'm fully experiential. I dropped out of school with 15. I started to work and I just kept going, you know. And then after my second Jupiter, 
returned, 24, I came to Ibiza and it was a trampoline to India and to Osho. And something happened there in the sense that um, making money was no longer so deeply connected to survival to be able to make it to the end of the month. There was a there was an excess that would allow me to travel to, you know, another continent, another. So coming to Ibiza was definitely a deep transformation. I mean, you, you know, Ibiza and human design. I know the magic of this island before human design. Um, so I spent seven years in Ibiza selling pictures to tourists, you know, basically telling a few gentle lies, the kind of lies, you know, you tell to the clients so they go away, you know, happier than, than they need to, you know. <laughs> uh, nothing bad. You know, the kind of stuff you tell them so they don't go and buy next shop and they buy in yours, you know. And with the money that I saved in summer, I used to go to India and invest all that money in, in me, in digging in the shadows in me, you know, all, all the stuff that seemed to be going on in me that I had no control over, that uh, I did not even know how much of that is me. It was just, it was just dark. It was just the not knowing, I guess. You know, the demand for answers, the um, answers to questions that I didn't even know I had, because remember, I'm emotional. So I always moved by feelings, even though the mind was always there rattling. And I have a defined mind, so the rattling was loud and uh, heavy at moments. So Pune and Osho, that was, uh, it freed, it freed, you know, there was a lot of fear and repression energetically that went away. It changed my life in many, many ways. I was, uh, I was no longer a slave to survival. I mean, you know, I had found a way to dance with this, working five months a year a few hours a day and with that so in a way I was okay I didn't have a lot of stuff on my shoulders that I had to shake off I wasn't married I didn't have responsibilities so I was as free as you can be but you know since freedom is an illusion basically didn't feel like being free to me it felt like I'm just just lost I don't know what they had to do with my life okay and the last thing I did was, you know, in, in the relationship that basically took me through my Saturn return. We had built something in Spain. Um, some, we started doing therapy there. And we were actually more successful than I would ever expected. I guess the impact that I didn't know mm-hmm. I had or I could have. But I didn't like my role as a therapist. You know, I didn't like people calling me like I'm their dad. I didn't like feeling responsible for them. I did not like not feeling responsible for them. Do you know what I mean? So I could just see that there were contradictions with the work that I was doing and the relationship wasn't going well, which was not news for me. You know, I never had relationships that worked well. Well, now I know that no one has a relationship that works well, you know. Um, Dead relationships kind of work well. (laughs) But... At that time, I had no idea. I, I was driven by whatever my mind could make out of my always unstable feelings. So I was deeply uh, contradictory, chaotic. I guess because of my root and spleen, I always was grounded enough to not lose touch from reality that, you know, someone wouldn't just say, hey, something's wrong with that guy, you know, let's lock him up or something like that. 
but I wasn't, I wasn't at all stable. I didn't have roots inside of me. I didn't have emotional roots. I have powerful emotions, but they were basically just uh, driven by outside forces, driven by my open centers. And uh, even though I'm deeply independent, when I engaged, used to engage in relationships, when I was used to fall in love, okay, I used to become um, deeply dependent, dependent, you know, more dependent than, uh, more codependent, almost the one that invited codependency, you know, so I didn't really know where it ends to be clean love and where it starts to be toxic love. You know, it was just like, it all came together in the same soup. So there was a lot of drama. I was 33 years old. The best I had ever done, the best in the sense, you know, to be comfortable in life was what I was doing at this time, you know, with, uh, as a therapist, work was going well. I had this part, but I wasn't okay. And I did not know why. So for the first time, I decided to come to Ibiza because I had a couple of clients here that uh, I used to do massage for. And I knew that I could sustain myself. And for the first time, I decided to take my, some time for myself and look at my life, see what I want to do and what it is that I don't like, you know. Uh, when that happened, well, there's a little loop in time, but I'll take you back there. I took an apartment in San Juan, which was the village where Ra used to go every day to have his coffee and get his mail and stuff. So one day, there was a terrace where people would see, and I'm coming out with my coffee, all tables were taken. The only table where I saw some space was a, a bigger table that was there, where there was only one guy sitting. So I approach and I ask the guy, do you mind? And he says, no, sure. And so I sit there, we start a conversation, and uh, of course it was raw. And so very soon I found, I realized this guy knows something. You know, I mean, this guy's got something to tell me. Now, let me tell you back in the loop in time that I did, okay? Because this relationship that I had was one of those difficult ones on and off, okay? So one year before, this woman and I were not together. I was a non-smoker. I drank no alcohol. I, I basically meditated. I did massages during the day, and I sold pictures to the tourists during the morning. I took uh, tennis classes in the morning as well. So, you know, I was a busy man. And I was living with a couple of freaks, with a bunch of freaks. We had a big house rented, and these guys had money. I was the only one who had to work to make money. So they were staying home, you know, drinking, smoking joints. And oftentimes they would offer me, not forgetting that I don't smoke. And I would always say no. Because, you know, I was like almost five years ago, I had given up smoking altogether. But one day, one of them, which is a, a good friend of mine, who divides my G-Center through exactly the same two channels that my mother defines my G-Center, she offers me this joint. And I don't know why I took it. Not only I took it, I had a pa or two. And in the moment of having this pa, wow, it was like, because I had been a, a, a continuous smoker during my teenager times uh, and my early 20s. 
So it was like recovering a sensitivity that I had lost, you know, something like having eyes in your back, you know, having this surround perception of, of me, you know, and whatever was around. So, however, you know, I was too high to go work and sell pictures. And because I sold on commission, I was free to, if I was tired, just not go. No selling, no earning. So I decided, you know, I joined these guys. They were going to some full moon party somewhere up in some, some mountain here in San Juan area. And I decided to join. So I come there at this party place, you know, music, beautiful sun, sun was setting, the full moon was coming out. And there, there is a circle, which is very common in the Ibiza houses in the back, where they used to do something with the, with the hay and with the corn. And uh, freaks that have such houses, they use this as a dancing floor, okay, for the parties. And this was surrounded by little rocks. And on every rock, there was a symbol painted. Some symbols I recognized because they were the planets. Others I didn't. And I think today it must have been the bases. Okay. And in the middle of that circle, there was this guy dressed in black looking at the sunset like like the sun is his you know like uh, i didn't like the guy i mean what's this what kind of black bird is that you know i mean i was in osho sanyas and i had my guru and you know so he was the most opposite you can find i mean mr black you know <laughs> to anyone who has any faith in gurus i mean uh, you know, he actually opened my eyes. Well, he tried, I guess my eyes just opened over time, you know, but he definitely gave, gave me a few keys in this regard. However, when I saw him there, I didn't like him. Hmm. But, you know, there was this party. When the party started, I started dancing. And, you know, this night I met a woman there, young woman, obviously, I was so young. And, uh, you know, sannyasins, we were kind of sexually loose, you know, not... Uh, so we ended up going home together. You know, it was one of those, wow, love, you know. <laughs> and uh, when she found out that I loved astrology and I was studying it, uh, oh, you got to know this, you know, this human, human design system, you know, this is... Um, this is uh, it's astrology, but it tells you which chakras you have activated. And the moment she told me this, I could hear, I could feel my curtains, my mental curtains just dropping down completely. Like you know, let's change this issue, this this issue as quick as possible because it was like, if it was hard to believe in astrology on its own, to mix it with chakras was definitely too much for my rationality. So that was, this was one year before I met Ra. In between, I moved back with this woman. We moved to this place in Spain. We started the whole therapy thing. It worked wonderfully. So there was a whole year in between. That second, I didn't recognize the black bird guy. It looked like, his, like a nice guy. You know, open and uh, light, easy. You know, it was nice. Ibiza, you know, when you like interesting people in Ibiza, you know? So it was Mr. Who. And... Um, we obviously ended up making an appointment because, you know, again, astrology, you know, he just didn't tell me about chakras. You know, he spoke a totally different language. So anyway, we had to make the rearrange the appointment three times because to find his house was like, uh, you know, somewhere lost in the places where only the, 
the safari tours go with some tourists, you know, just to show them how wild the island can be, you know, when you move away from. So by the third time I found it and uh, we did the reading. Did you know right away as you were in that exchange with him that there was just truth in it that was there for you? Were you, were you skeptical? When we sat at the table in this coffee bar, no. No, I just knew that the guy knows what he's talking about. And that uh, I told you, I was at that time, it was the only time that I did not come to this island, back to the island, to make more money from the tourists. I came back to the island to reflect, to look into myself, like I had only done when I went to India. You know, my life was like six months in Pune, making money in the mundane in the marketplace, and then six months, no, six months in Ibiza making the money, and then six months in Pune, you know, nurturing my own spirit and that. Uh, but it was always coming back to zero. So I can't, this was the only time I came to Ibiza to see. What is it? You know, what is it? What's missing? What's, what the hell am I, you know, what am I doing? And why am I not liking what I'm doing when I'm actually, it seems I'm doing it well because people love it. Why am I not, what is it that I'm not liking? I didn't really understand. I mean, I'm a triple split. So contradictions, Puh. contradictions is, 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 is a joke compared to the level of chaos that I could experience in my psyche. Literally a cooking pot under pressure. So no, I just knew that he seemed to know. And I was not someone who would go to anyone who seemed to know or claimed to know. I was not. Okay. But when I was open, I was open and I went and I went with, you know, as a one, three with all the, you know, I don't know. Tell me. Well, I didn't expect, I didn't expect what I, I found. I didn't expect that. You know, that was not a reading. That wasn't laser surgery you know that's how it felt to me after the first five minutes i think i was crying like uh like i had never cried in a way he just looked at me for a moment and asked are you okay i just i just said yes don't worry you know because that's the one thing that you know how to do as a sannyasin is to laugh and to cry. I mean, you know, Pune was an incredible emotional laboratory, more than sexual, actually, emotional, which in many ways is pretty much the same. Uh, anyway, so no, when he did that reading, you know, I had been in Pune seven years looking deep into my, where no one can see, you know, it's like if you're hiding, you are the last line where you can actually know are you hiding or not, okay? And I was, I had been looking for seven years, deeply, you know, guided by a, some good people. And this guy that didn't know me in 45 minutes told me everything I had found out in a way that I, no one could have ever, ever, ever put it all together like this, clearly like this in 45 minutes only. And in a way in which it's nobody's fault. You know, it's not, nothing wrong. It's just, you know, it's not what we think it is. And of course, that opened up cracks right away. I was never again the same person that entered into his house. 
I could never enter any space that was populated by other humans without being aware of where do I place myself? Do I go towards them or not? Or, you know, actually not just being aware of it, but not interfere with what my body does. You know, if, I, if my body feels I don't want to go towards certain people, do not force myself to do so only because they're called, they're, part of the group of people that I call friends, which in someone as open as me can be anybody on a sunny day. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, my design is about loyalty and openness. So it was, I had to learn to, to actually be someone, to be someone that is not just blindly driven by his own mind and doesn't even notice. See, it's not like I will, I stop being driven by my mind. Oh, no. I can still get into it, you know. I just don't indulge myself in it any longer. I don't, I don't have pleasure in it. I, I spot it right away now. In, you know, I, because I have developed now a sensitivity towards myself and my signature. It wasn't like that in the beginning. I mean, this summer, it's going to be 27 years. If I make it through, I'm coming close to a complete Saturn return. Living by the foundation of something. I guess that makes you an expert, you know. I mean that in the experiential sense, in the sense that, you know, I can really tell you the before and the after. Then again, the joke is, I'm not more myself than I was on that day. I'm just much more grounded in it. You know, I'm much more aware of it. I am I'm not missing information. I'm not missing anything. I don't think anymore. What the hell does he mean when he says, I'm watching the movie? Does he mean what I experience? Or is, I know, I know. I know what it is now. I mean, you know, we called it a movie. Others called it illusion. You know, I have the channel of transitoriness. I mean, you know, it's why if you have this channel, the very mechanic of this channel tells you it cannot be anything other than illusion because nothing is permanent. So I always felt like this. I mean, I look today at the options I have mentally and I only see two. To accept things as they are, illusion, or to go into any kind of self-deception. Do you know what I mean? I can make up this and that, and sure, and I know how to do that, but it's a waste. I'm not going to do that with my life. I've done that enough. That's exactly what I was doing. I was mind-fucking all day. And even though I was not smoking, you know, I needed my drugs. You know, I was a compulsive meditator. If I didn't meditate, I felt like good Christians who don't go to church on Sunday or don't confess, you know, like I felt impure. You know, like I wasn't, and I, of course, I was never pure enough. So one of the first things he tells me in the reading is, you know, like meditation is not good for you. I mean, he obviously knew I'm a meditator because all the sannyasin friends, we had this, we had friends in common, you understand? This woman I, I had fallen in love with a year before, she was helping him 
and his wife deal with his first son who was only six months old. So she was helping out with the house. So she gave him my data to figure out what the hell was going on, you know, which by the way, he told her this will, this will never work. <laughs> which was right because the first crisis we had, that was it, you know, <laughs> that was the end of it. However, we still remember each other with, uh, with grace and delight and uh, surely thankfulness. Hey, yeah. you know, first person ever to talk to me about. But that's, you know, this kind of events made me aware from the beginning of how easy it is to deceive yourself with something like human design. If it is easy to do that with astrology, and I was never sure to which extent I was doing this with astrology, because I was aware that, you know, take Uranus, Venus, square. Do you know how many interpretations I can give you of this, good and bad? Doesn't matter what star signs they are in, by the way. So it was clear to me that, you know, sometimes I would meet people that had a reading, an astro reading with me years later, and they would tell me about something I had told them. And I was like, really? <laughs> so it's, you know, it seemed to have some power, but, uh, well, I guess that's why I never considered myself a professional astrologer, you know. Actually, when I did, and I was already in Pune, and the sessions there, there were no readings. There were no readings. It was a beautiful astrology, which was very much in the spirit of human design. You know, the guy that I learned it from, he used to lay the, the zodiac on the floor, like, let's say, a six-meter diameter, so you could move inside of it. And then he would look at my Mars-Saturn opposition in Cancer and Capricorn. So he would have me sit in Cancer with my eyes closed and holding the, the Mars symbol in my hands. And he would ask me something or say something and watch my reaction. And then he would move me over to Capricorn and give me this, the, you know, the symbols of Saturn and Jupiter and Venus that I have there. And, uh, you know, answer, answer myself. Kind of like, you know, kind of realize, aha, uh -huh, you know, that I'm not just this one line of thought. There's this, there's a consistency to certain aspects of me. And they're not right or wrong. They're just angles inside of me. I mean, you know, uh, astrology for me was first step in accepting that life is about diversity. There is no one truth, one way for everybody. But I, I, I distrusted the concepts and the way it was used. You know, so I loved this other approach, you know, because actually when I started doing it myself, you would see people actually change their body posture. And in other words, the way they would sit when they would sit in, in cancer and the way they would sit when they would sit in Capricorn was not the same. You know, they were, they were, the body language was transmitting other things. And uh, well, in Pune, there was a lot of that, you know, it was so much, everything was through the body. You know, even meditation was deeply dynamic, you know, with the body before then the relaxation could come by itself easy. So when I met human design, you know, it was like what it says it is, a synthesis. Because it brought everything that I had done in my life, even the plumbing, you know, this body graph 
reminded me of one of those plumbing maps. You know, it's like where you have the tubes and you have, you know, the places where you can lock the key and then it won't go through, you know, or an electronic system. It's like, you know, it's a system. It's something that's tangible. It's something that, unlike astrology, you do not need to interpret. You, you have an idea what level of relief that meant for me that I'm not giving you my own interpretation of Uranus-Venus square. Uh, 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 uh. This is a function. This is another function. And when they meet through the channel, they do this other function. And I'm, you know, and this is not Uranus, and this is not Venus. This is human. Do you know? This is human. This is what it does. This is how it works. Oh, you have no idea how liberated I felt to have something I can present and not care if anybody believes me because I'm the first one who expects them not to. And see for themselves because if you don't see it, you don't get it. If you don't see the simplicity of what it says, what is consistent and what is not, what is reliable and what cannot be reliable as a source to define yourself consistently. To have a consistent relationship to yourself. See, human design gave me many things. It transformed my life at many levels. But the most cherished gift it has given me, the one thing nobody can ever pay for, is the relationship it gave me with myself. It's so priceless. Yeah. But alone, I'm always in good company. Now that's quite something for a human being. And be amused. I mean, you know, exactly what he said, you know. But it's not just that life is a movie. It's a movie that can be very entertaining. I can certainly relate to a lot of what you're saying and it's actually quite an experience for me to just get to feel it as you tell the story. Alok, in that initial reading with Ra, what did he focus on? Did he talk about the definition? There wasn't type at that point, was there? There was no type. There was no authority. There was no profile. There were no incarnation crosses. There was only definition or not. Oh, he was very, very, very methodical. And he worked with the Ravi Ching there in front of him. So he would move back and forth to show you that the lines were written. You know, and then he would explain what it means for you. But he would make a little introduction of the red and the black. You know, he would make sure that you understand the logic of this so you do. You are not tempted to believe anything. Okay, so if there's a place where you don't see the logic, you can ask an intelligent question because there's an answer to it, right? And he tells you not to worry, by the way, because it is all going to be recorded because... You know, it's logic. So he's reading. He's not interpreting. He doesn't have to think. You know, he's just... And obviously, he probably looked at the chart a few minutes before. Okay, anyway. It was the wrong chart. Ha ha. 
well, you know, it was the it was the wrong chart by an hour. So I had, if there were types, imagine that if there had been types, he would have defined me as a projector. So there were no types. There were, or if you preferred, there were only two types: uh, doers and non-doers. And I was a non-doer. Now I told you how busy I was, and I had always been, and I was coming from this place in the therapy where I, you know, I still did massages, and I had these therapy groups, and I had this relationship that didn't really let me live in peace. So I was, you know, with an open sacral, I was living like this emotional manifesting generator. So, and I have a defined ego. So when he told me I am not, you know, I need to rest, and I'm not here to do. And, Something new, I'm like, yes, you know, <laughs> yes. So actually, you know, what happened is I did that, you know, right after the reading, a couple of weeks later, I decided I go, I'm going to go to my village. I'm going to ask my family to support me in getting a loan from the bank. And I'm going to translate this book and I'm going to dedicate myself to this. It was just a matter of... Can I get him to do a course, even if there is not many of us? I, that's what I ended up doing. The only thing, you know, it still was my chart. The only difference was I had an open throat instead of a defined throat. Like I have today, because the, the design moon would move from the 36.6 to the first line of gate 25. Sure, he focused on the definition, but, you know, also on the lack of definition, you know, and also on the split. You know, he did what I guess most people would classify today as an overview reading. Well, I just told you, it was surgery. It was surgery. You understand? It was surgery. I remember I sit down at, at the, the place where he was going to do the reading. And the first, the very first sentence he tells me is everything in your life turns around patterns. You have no idea of the impact of the sentence on me because I mean, I have two men, two definitions in the understanding circuit. One and half of them totally unconscious, and my personality son in a logical sacral gate. And I remember myself in my teenage times, my body doing compulsively things on the street that you know to follow compulsively a pattern. It was basically a pattern that was based on the five. You know the way I would touch everything, everything where I was passing through. It was you know I was kind of in this. One, two, one, two, one, one, two, one, two, one. You know this. So, and I was doing this all the time. Besides other things like memorizing the plates on every car on our, on the square in my village, which were like, you know, maybe 25 cars. And I knew them all in order. You know, this photographic memory. It was just, uh, I used to play, you know, just challenging myself to, you know, am I getting better than yesterday or not? And he tells me this thing. Everything in your life is about patterns. And this, it was just like this, fuck yes. Because, you know, I can I remember, you know, I'm a feeling person. You know, every time I see something, it doesn't fit the pattern. I'm going like, something in me goes like, huh? 
You know, I mean, I'm designed to detect mistakes and patterns, you know, patterns that don't repeat, the patterns that repeat, you know. When you break the pattern, I remember because I did all this compulsively. I knew it was part of my, it was this, my mind was kind of, if I fail, God can, it's kind of a, you know, it was a lot of fear of God. I was raised Christian Catholic, you know, even though my parents would send me to church, even they would only go themselves when there was a wedding or something like this, you know. Like most Christians, hypocritically, you know, kind of like, but I was, you know, the God concept is heavy. I mean, humans are, fear God, even, even those who think of themselves as atheists, fear God. That's why many turned around last minute, you know, just in case. <laughs> There's some famous one. It sounds like after that first experience of that, that first reading, you, you immediately knew you had to dedicate yourself to going deeper into this. I do not remember if it was right there mm. that I bought from him the book in English or if I asked him about this probably later when I met him again in the village, because from that moment on, you know, my interest and the kind of pressure that I have drove me so. And of course, you know, he was just starting. He was happy to find someone who was passionate about, and especially someone coming out of uh, the social group, let's say, you know, the people that... He had, let's say, some meeting on parties, on birthdays, friends, common friends. But, uh, you know, uh, I manifested very quickly my interest in translating the books, in, in the book into Spanish. Um, there was this English and a German version at the time. Mm. And, um, and I went and took this loan. And for the first time, I stayed in Ibiza over the winter, did not go to India. And I translated the black book. I was living with people who had supported also him. So, you know, there was, uh, you know, we had a personal relationship. So we were partners. You know, I, I acquired the Spanish rights. Well, this incredible journey started. The funny, let me tell you a story because that's, that's you know, it completes what was told before about my chart being incorrect. Most of it is still the same. You understand? The only thing that changed is the position of the moon and the fact that this defines my throat, which is not a big change, considering there is types, you know. But profile, everything else was basically the same. The winter goes by, the money from the loan is spent, and I soon realize, you know, that I still have to give this loan back. So I either do something with this stuff or I throw it into the basket and go make my money in some of the ways that I knew how to do it because I had done it before. And these were the only two options. And it came together with, a, I had some infection that I was carrying along with me that, you know, was like an open wound that I had and precisely in my open sacral, by the way. That was the other thing that I, you know, I had been carrying around this wound in my sacral that wasn't healing and he showed me in my chart, there was my personality son in this open sacral, you know, I, under pressure from above. I couldn't believe it. The physicality of, of the reading, you understand? 
Not only that, he was, you know, this guy was like as he was as if he was seeing me from inside. The way I see myself, the way only I could look at myself. And I wanted to be able to see this way. I wanted to know how to see this way because the grace of being able to show someone what he had shown me about myself. Wow, that was seemed to be something worth dedicating my life to. Wow, wow. So my passion was immediate. Now, tell you the story. I was translating the black book, first part, second part, the, line, the lines, everything, okay. Then we come to the third part about the basis. And when I read the basis, they were beautiful, deeply poetic. But I couldn't figure out where's the logic in this. And the moment I couldn't see the logic, all my doubts started coming. Like a waterfall of doubts. You know, what if this is all subjective? What if I'm just crazy, you know, believing in somebody who's crazier than me, you know? <laughs> or the other way around. Maybe I'm crazier, you know? But it was this, how objectively do you know that this is true? for anybody other than for yourself and even for yourself. Are you really, 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 really sure? Because if you have a mind like mine, this really, 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 really is endless. It's just endless. You understand? You just live with that cynical inside. I mean, cynical if you have a fifth line like me. Sarcastic if you have a third line like I also do. So, you know, I can be cynical and sarcastic, you know? But I mean, that was not new. It was also there before human design. I knew how cynical and sarcastic I can be. Anyway, money was out. This infection was there. I had to do something. So I did. I called up this woman <clears throat> who I knew she was organizing courses and events for Osho people like me, sannyasins. You know, people who were in the same wavelength. So I called her up and I told her, listen, I got this new thing. It's mind-blowing. You know, if anybody likes astrology, this is going to kill them. I mean, this is, you know. And because she was into astrology herself, she was turned on. Remember, she was a manifester, by the way, 1222, very open and smart, defined Ashna head like me. She organized a tea table in her house, in her living room. Seven ladies there were, and me. I introduced human design to this, these seven ladies, and I ended up doing 30 readings. And uh, of course, you know, my defined ego was looking at my sarcastic, ironical mind like, you better shut up now, you know? <laughs> this works. I mean, you know, these women, they were very, very happy to pay me for what they had received. I don't know what they did of it. I mean, you know, it was my experiment. Anyway, coming back to Ibiza, happy, you know, Ra was here. And when I come, he tells me, uh, I have a surprise for you. Um, what? You're a doer. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, what? Really? Don't tell me, because I just come from doing, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, it, for me, it was clearly this, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if this stuff is true or not. But I was used to do what my feelings told me to do because 
there was only so much I could turn my back against the material reality of my life. It's just not something I could afford to do for very long. And uh, I wasn't going to do it just because there was a nice theory. You know, I just followed my drive. And funny, you know, as I come back to the island, you're a doer. So, you know, that was my spirit with human design. Whenever I found situations where my feeling was moving me in a direction that contradicted the human design theory, I was a fuck the theory. Then again, I learned that the fact that there is nuances does not mean the theory was wrong. But that was my way, you know, I was allowed to test it and I was certainly going to do that. I was not going to take secondhand logic as, as an absolute that I apply, not just to me, but to everyone, to my daughter, like as if it was a religion. No, I've never done that. You know, I've never done that. I mean, the funny thing is, I, I stayed with human design because... I could move on and not never needed to believe in it. I never needed to believe in it. I just needed to continue to look at what's happening through the lens of human design and become wise. Stop struggling with what is futile. You know, stop. Like Rod told me in the reading, stop struggling with your mind. Struggle with your body. You know, you really want to change something, then do something. Don't discuss you know, just come in touch with what, hum, what only human design can give you. A truth that is not open to discussion. You know, I do not discuss my truth. I'm happy that most of the time, my truth doesn't really matter that much. I mean, it does not mean that I'm not truthful, but but what I mean is that if anything goes against my truth, you're not going to get me. If I have to deny my truth to do or get this, you're not going to get me. But because, you know, my truth is not what I am for you in a certain circumstance. My truth is what I am for myself when there's nobody else. My truth is knowing I'm going to die no matter what happens to the rest of humankind. Am I okay? But the fact that I'm going to die and that humanity is probably not going to remember much of me. Am I okay with that? This is what you get, you know, just exactly what human design describes. A wonderful journey if you know how to appreciate it. And this is what human design taught me, to appreciate what I have. And since I, you know, all I had when I met human design was life, because I didn't have anything else. I didn't have children, I didn't have nothing. I just had life. Well, that's, that's what I continue to have. Yes, my material life got a lot more stable. I became a father, you know, I mean, it grounded my life in the form that's, that's obvious to anyone that knew me before and after. But what it did to, to me in a place of timelessness, you know, it's a space from where, see, the stuff I'm telling you 
That's the stuff I tell myself. It's how I remember the story. You know, it's how I remember what brought me to the life that I wake up to now every day. Fortunately, this time, not much to do, you know? <laughs> and uh, peace, you know, it's, so, it's got such a dense texture. It's not a thought, it's not, a, you know, it's a, it's a feeling deep inside of me. And then within that, I live an ordinary life. Right now we're cleaning and painting the house, and but it's, it feels like playing because I normally do more mental stuff. So we put music on and, you know, just uh, grooving around the house. Nice to have a body, nice. There's always the sadness that, you know, most people do not enjoy the lives that they wake up to every morning. They wake up and there's the problem that they would like to change, you know. Then again, uh, like you said in the beginning, good luck. Thank you for listening to the Human Design Collective podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please review us and share. For more information about us and to connect with others on this experimental journey, please visit us at humandesigncollective.com. You can also learn more by exploring our course and workshop offerings at courses.humandesigncollective.com. Music for the Human Design Collective podcast, courtesy of Role Model. For more information, see the show notes. And please stay tuned for more upcoming episodes on the same channel.